I'm telling you, Don had a word from the Lord. How many of you were here? It was an amazing word from the Lord. It was timely, and I'm so thankful for Don. You know, it reminded me of a quote I heard years ago. A.W. Tozer. You've heard of him. You know, he said, It is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt that man deeply. And I remember hearing it. It is doubtful whether God can use a man greatly until he's hurt that man or woman deeply. And I didn't understand that when I was in my 20s and I heard that. But now I understand it. God is a good God, but I'm telling you, his ways are greater. And God allowed Don, I don't understand it all. I hate what happened. I don't agree with it. But, you know, God has given... Don a great message, and it's out of the fiery trials of life that you, you get what God has to say for the hour. It's called the processes of God. You guys ready to go through them? You've been through them, but there's going to be some more that's going to come. You know that because none of us have arrived. And one thing that Don had, I thought it was the Father's heart. Now, you know, before I pray, and then we're going to get in the Word, I feel like God's given me something because I ask him to. If you ask him, guess what? Ask. You, you know, seek and you're going to find, knock. The door's going to be open. I prayed that prayer last week in Arkansas. I said, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Because I've been doing that a lot. I've made a habit of that. And anyway, so, you know, Jesus said, for everyone, and this is the way the Passion Bible says it, everyone, say everyone will pass through the fire. That's what it says. Now let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning, God. Thank you. It's been so good to be in this place. Thank you so much for those that you've gathered. And um, we want to be a gathering, Lord. That's what we are. We're just a gathering of believers. We've shown up at this time in history. You've summoned us. You've called us to a time, Lord, if we live by our own understanding, we might not keep our senses, but Lord, we thank you. We acknowledge you in all of our ways, and you'll direct our paths. You'll keep us on the straight and narrow. You'll give us wisdom and revelation, just like we sang about. And we just commit this morning to you. Thank you, God, that you have something to say. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In Jesus' name, and everyone that agrees, say amen. Amen. I want to read it. I thought about this song. It came out 20 years ago. And I don't know if Matt Redman actually wrote the song. He may have. But anyway, there have been others that have done different versions. But blessed be your name. I want to read just, you know, the verses of it. And then after I get to a certain point, if you agree with what was written in that song and sung in that song, just say, hey, hey, hear, hear, amen. So be it, whatever, you know. I agree, whatever, just give a shout out. Okay, blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful. When your streams of abundance flow, blessed be your name. Everybody in agreement? You should shout a little louder than that. Blessed are some good times. 
Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Everybody's okay, still good. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay, so you guys, pretty good so far. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name. Hey, hey, here, here, so be it, yes. Now, blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. You guys online, you're still all in there, okay? Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I want to say. God, you give and take away. Oh, you give and take away. My heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. So most of you are in agreement with all of that song. I had a dream. It was one of the last nights in Arkansas. My nephew wanted to get married in this chapel. And they thought it was the chapel that I I told you about. I was a minister in in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, Thorn Crown Chapel. It's amazing, wood, stone, amazing. I was there for a summer. It was an evangelistic ministry. People got saved coming from everywhere. Anyway, they thought that was that chapel, but they built another one just like it in, in Hot Springs. So we were at a different chapel. Anyway, I had to tell them, no, this is not the one I was at, but it was still pretty cool being there and marrying my uh, nephew. And, no, yeah, my nephew. Yes. Yes. And what's that? Yes, of course. Your brother's son is your nephew. And anyways, glorious. But I had a great time in that chapel because it reminded me of when I was at Thorn Crown Chapel in Eureka Springs. It's an amazing piece of architecture, but the presence of the Lord. But anyway, I asked the Lord, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And in this dream, I'm not going to go into great detail. I'll just tell you. Cut to the chase. But a father was observing his daughter. The daughter was maybe three years old. And the daughter kept catching on fire. Now, it wasn't consuming her yet. And I'm watching. I'm observing. I'm trying to put the fire out. I'm trying to, you know, put it out. They kept coming back. And then the father looks at me. Now, in the dream, okay, he looks at me and he, he says, well... I guess I should go parasailing. And he walks off, leaving his daughter burning. And I thought, God, it's almost like the guy, half his brain was saying, you should put the fire out. This is your daughter. The other half of the brain was saying, no, you got to follow the agenda. You got to go do what you need to do. Maybe the parasailing to me would be the pleasures of life, right? It may mean something totally different. If you get some word, make sure you let me know. But after hearing Don's word on how, you know, I listened and he said how this generation of young people really don't want to hear about the road marked with suffering, that there's pain in the offering. They'd rather not hear that. You know, it's a lot like when the Lord told Paul, 
He said, I will show him many things for which he's about to suffer. Many in this generation and all ages would say, hey, that's good for Paul, but it ain't fitting with me. I don't like that. You show Paul many things he might suffer, leave me out of it. I'd rather have a pain-free Christianity. It just makes sense. And uh, I heard that word from Don, and he said that many young, now you guys aren't there, okay, so we're not pointing fingers, but he was saying that many young people today, they've almost gone into a religion because of that. They don't want to go there. They don't want to hear that. Don't talk about that. So they've gone into this new form of religion. We don't want to go there. The dream to me was speaking that as a generation of, you know, supposedly a little bit more mature, older, you know, saints, we need to be doing what we can do to rescue this generation, get them out of the fires, you know. We need to get them out. Put out the fire. That's one thing I think. I couldn't believe in the dream I'm trying to put the fire out. The Father just lets it burn. He's the Father. He walks away. And we need to put the fires out, if at all possible. If it's possible. You know, Jesus said, hey, Lord, take this cup from me, if it's possible. You know, in the book of Jude, referring to the apostasy, I've been knowing that was going to happen. It's not only going to happen, it's happened. I've known that. We've talked about We're living in the midst of the apostasy. It's about to go up, rev up a few notches. One of the big reasons is because of the false doctrines in the American church. The pain-free, you know, bless me, no road of suffering Christianity. It's almost like about man. I think Jerry referred to it. It's a man-centered gospel. Bless me, build me up, me, 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 my. But John didn't say that. He said that he might increase that I might decrease. It's about us decreasing. It's about him on the increase. That's how you know if this gospel is of the Lord or not. If it makes man look good, it may not be God. If it makes him look good, that's where we want. But in the book of Jude, they gave some uh, things to do. And so this is not the main thing. We'll come back there. But in the midst of the apostasy, because you might not be able to fix some things. I was thinking about the movie, I Am Legend. Did you guys see that? You know, I love that uh, reggae song that they do, and occasionally I want to listen to it. I, uh, I like it. Everything's going to be all right. I just, I don't know, I like that song. But I remember, you know, uh, I Am Legend, Will Smith. He, he, you know, everything started breaking out. He said, I'm going to fix this thing. I'm going to fix it. He couldn't fix it. So in, if you can't fix it, I think the apostasy is things are unfolding. There's a lesson in Jude that says, number one, make sure you stay built up in your most holy faith. Build yourself up in the most holy faith. How do you do that? Well, the instruction in the book, pray in the Holy Spirit. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When we pray for folks today, I believe there's an open door. You come, say, pray for me. I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, you need the Holy Spirit. Then keep yourself in the love of God. That's going to be very challenging in this hour. 
to keep yourself in the love of God. God, you know what they're doing. He knows, yes, he knows. That's why Jude says, keep yourself in the love of God. The love of many will grow cold, but your love is not to grow cold. It doesn't have to grow cold because the one who set your heart, set that love in your heart, is still the fire burning in your heart, okay? His eyes are like a flame of fire and all. But anyway, also ever looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it says in the book of Jude. Unto eternity. So his mercies are new every morning, but his mercies don't run out when this life ends. Regardless of how it ends. The mercies are on forever, forever and ever. And then it says in Jude, and this is why I shared this, because it speaks of where we're going. And on some have compassion, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Out in a way, and that is in the, the fires of judgment. Now some would ask, is it even possible to save this emerging generation? I would tell you, we, we have an emerging generation that's on fire, and they've been positioned, called for such a time as this. They're going to get their, their, their individual missions. And they will not be deterred. They're not going to turn back. You can see it in their eyes. But many others, and they've seen them along the way. You're going to be able to save. I mean, how many, you know, abortions wiped out a whole bunch. Just wiped them out. There's been this indoctrination. In the schools to turn this generation away from God. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's been some indoctrination in some churches. I don't know. But then all the addictions, the addictions that have, you know, grabbed hold of this generation and tried to exterminate them. And, and then the abandonment. That's what that father in that dream did. I wish I could, now you, when you're dreaming, you can't change things, but I wish I could have grabbed him. You know, what are you doing? Where are you going? Your daughter's on fire. The generation is on fire. Come back here. Do something about it, if it's possible. But uh, remember in, that, in Mark chapter 9, these parents bring their demon-possessed son to Jesus. Now, first they brought him to the disciples. The disciples couldn't do anything. They had, you know, faithless, I guess, and uh, Jesus confronted that. But they brought him to Jesus, and it's, they said, from childhood. He asked them how long this had been happening. And so they said, from childhood, this demon always throws our son into the water and into the fire. Or maybe it says fire and into the water. That would be better if you get thrown into the fire than get thrown into the water. But regardless, neither one of them was that great of an experience. Because the purpose was to destroy the child. And so they say, have compassion on us, Jesus. And you remember what he said? He said, if you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things. And then the father says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. So he was dealing with a little unbelief there. Did Jesus did he say, okay, you've got a little unbelief. I'm not going to take care of this. No. What did he do? He cast the demon out of the son. And he healed him. And, you know, I just told me, you know, we're going to be dealing with things in this hour. We don't understand. Lord, I, I believe, but, Lord, there are things I just don't understand. Just be honest with God. 
Just tell him, Lord, I don't know. I believe. But help my unbelief. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to help you. Now, one thing is we put the fire out. But another thing we should be doing in this hour, we need to prepare them to go through the fire. We need to be prepared. That scripture, Jesus said, everyone will go through the fire. Everyone will be salted or seasoned with fire. Well, some of you are saying, I'd rather go home now. That's good for Paul. Paul and Silas, man, you know, Peter, James, and John, especially John, you know, he, well, it's good for you too. Because the same God that was with all of those mighty men of God is with you, right? And he's with you in this hour. And he's ready to show himself strong on behalf of those who put their trust you know he's roaming, the spirit of God's roaming throughout the whole world, looking with eyes, looking for those whose heart is loyal to him. Amen. To show himself strong. I want to look in three places this morning. The first one's in the book of Daniel. So let's go to Daniel. Everybody with me? You know when the Lord gives you a dream and a message comes out of that dream, you can't just preach the dream, you preach the word. You know, Timothy, Paul didn't say, Timothy, preach your dream. No, he said, preach the word. But the dream can be a, a tool that God can use to give you direction, revelation, wisdom. And then you go to the word. Because you preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. And there are a lot of folks today that, you know, it looks like they're not paying much attention. Preach it anyway. Because I think a lot of people are going to pay attention. A lot of Americans are suddenly going to have an open ear to hear the gospel. Okay, Daniel. In uh, chapter 3, you know the story. I'll just kind of go through it, point out a few things. And then there are two other stories I want to look at, then we're going to pray. But he says um, there in verse 8, Therefore at that time certain... Chaldeans came forward, accused the Jews. What's new? The accuser has always been accusing the people of God. And they spoke and said to the king, O king, you live forever. They were, you know, puffing up the king, trying to get his ear. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears, you know, the sounds and the psalms and the symphony and all these things, whoever does not fall down and worship, the beast, the image that you've set up. You know, they're to be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. And then you know there are three of the children of, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and what's the last one? Abednego. You know who those guys are, but that's the names they gave them. But that's what we have written. They don't serve your, you, your gods, or worship the gold image which you set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in rage, in rage. You know, the book of Daniel really is, it's like a preparation book for living at the end of the age. That in the book of Revelation. Really the whole Bible. You know, we stumbled across a scripture out of Zechariah lately about how many people would die on the earth. And anyway, it's just things God's pointing them out. He wants, he wants us to know. My people are only destroyed because they have a lack of knowledge. It's not the knowledge of what they tell you is true. It's about the knowledge of what God says is true. 
Did you hear me? The knowledge of the word of God. His word is going to last forever. And uh, you know that if you refuse to bow to the beast system that's arising, I'm sorry some of you may have a theology that beast system's coming some other day. No, it's here today. Being built, we've been chosen to live in the midst of it. And be overcomers. We're going to see, do you really have faith? You know, Jesus said, when I return, am I going to find faith or a bunch of talkers? You know, do you really have faith? You're going to be shocked in this hour. Anyway, if you refuse to bow, the enemies of, you know, they're going to rage. There'll be a rage. And that's what happened here. So Nebuchadnezzar, verse 13, is in rage and fury. He gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Is this true? Is it true what I hear? Shadrach, Meshach, that you do not serve my gods. You know in this hour, either you're going to serve the Lord God, or you're going to serve another. You're going to gather with him, or you're going to scatter. You're for him, or you're against him. How many of you know that's true? That's, the, that's it. This is the message. If you're for me, if God is God, worship him. If Baal is God, that's it. Only two choices. I don't know a third. Anyway, they're trying to make three choices or four or five or six choices out of a lot of things today. There's only two. Either you're for him or you're against him. And so anyway, Nebuchadnezzar's calling out to them, reminding them you got to bow. Look in verse 15. Now, if you are ready at this time that you hear, he gave them another chance when you hear the worship and all these things. But if you do not worship, you will be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And then he says something to them that I believe he's saying, the enemy's saying to all of us today, and who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Can you hear that? That, that voice out there, who is the God that can deliver you, deliver your nation? Well, we're going to have to have the right answer. So verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. How come they didn't have to answer him? Anybody have an idea? Why didn't they have? Because they already made up their mind. They were not going to be talked out of anything. You gotta know, you gotta know in whom you have believed in this hour. I am persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed unto him against that day, and I'm not backing off, I'm going forward. Right? You make up your mind in advance when you're faced with the ultimatum, life and death, you've already made up your mind. I have no choice, I've chosen to follow. I've taken up my cross. I'm not backing up now. You don't have anything to offer me. Where can I go to? Who else has the words of life? I'm going to follow Jesus. You've got to make up your mind, right? You know that. So Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need. Verse 17, if, well, if that's the case, our God whom we serve, this is what they say, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. How many of you believe that? Our God is able to deliver me, my family, my children, my city, my state, my nation, you guys watching from other nations. 
I believe God is able to deliver me. Now that's our faith. But look at the next verse. Verse 18. But if not, but if not. Now you know there's a bunch of American Christians that look at that and say, well, they just had some unbelief there. You know, they didn't have faith. But, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you've set up, period. We've already made up our mind. My God is not my God because he will rescue me. He's my God because I know he can, and if he chooses not to, he's my God anyway. He's sovereign. He's holy. And it's not about what he does or doesn't do. It's who he is. And I believe in him. And I'll never be talked out of that. Do you understand? we got to have confidence. What if some things don't work out like we thought they should work out? You stand on the word of God no matter what. I believe. I know in whom I have believed. Well, it didn't happen like you thought. My God is still God. And I'm his son, and I'm going to follow him. Man, this is what I see. How many of you see the same thing? And then you know, but you know what happened. So they throw him in the fire. All of a sudden, there's a fourth man. (laughs) Looks like the son of man in there. And um, they got out. Didn't even smell like smoke. Tremendous story. You should read that story. But you remember what Jesus said too. He said, whoever seeks to save his life will what? lose it but if you lose your life for my sake and the gospel for the gospel my sake you will what you'll find it what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his own soul or what will a man give in exchange for his soul so we want to be those whatever whatever the cost though the road marked with suffering I will not deny. I'm going to follow you all the way, right? Second story over in 1 Corinthians. And uh, you know this would just uh, remind us, chapter 3, verse 11. Oh, boy. Some of these scriptures you read, you just soon leave out. You know what I mean? Anybody else, you know what I'm talking about? There's some things. I remember when I was young, they would sometimes skip over certain verses. I was the kind of guy that said, why are you skipping? Especially one about tongues and things, you know. When I went to seminary, they skipped over that, and I'm sitting in the back. Wait a minute. I don't know anything about that, but why are you skipping it? What's going on? Well, you don't want me to know something? Anyway... That's just the way it is. But look at it. We're not going to skip anything. Look at it. Verse 11, chapter 3. For no other foundation can anyone lay, which is Christ Jesus. We know that. And we're not going to build on anything else. Personalities, forget it. You know, program. We don't even build on prophecy. Prophecy encourages you. You build on the person of the Lord Jesus. That's your foundation of your faith. Prophecies might come or go. The word of the Lord and our God, he's stable, he's firm. He's unto the end. He's the Alpha, the Omega, and we know that. 
If anyone builds on any other foundation with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it. Can I tell you that day is at hand? I know there's more to come, but the day is at hand because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on endures, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, say burned up. He will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Now you can't stop there. What does the rest of it say? Yet so as through what? Fire. Jesus said, everyone, everyone will be salted, seasoned, will go through the fire to test and to reveal. You know, there's a lot of things that are going to have to be revealed. You guys don't remember this. It's back when I was a kid. We had this daytime television show. In those days, you're pretty innocent watching, I think. I don't know. They corrupted us somehow, so maybe they snuck things in. But there was a program called To Tell the Truth. And they would, you remember that? Oh, yeah. you, you never heard of it. But anyway, they would ask these questions to these three guys on a panel. And then you'd have to guess which one was lying and which one was telling the truth. And so at the end, they'd say, now would the real Joe Shoemaker or whoever he was stand up? Would he tell the truth? Who, you know, anyway, they would fake each, even fake standing up. One guy would stand up halfway and sit back down. No, they had to get up and then roll, roll over, whatever. And then the one would stand. That's the way it is in this hour. We're wondering, who's telling the truth? You may, not all, you may not have it all figured out. I just know the one who is the truth. He is the truth. And if you know him, he'll lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit promise. This is part of his role. He will not go on vacation. He's not going to skip out. He will lead you into all truth. Regardless of what they tell us. And then the last story over in, now this is it, Isaiah 43. This is how we wrap it up. Hey, you guys, while I got you a captive audience, you see the flag over there, it's Uganda. Now, these guys know about what's happening, but revival has broken out in Uganda over a radio program that we do every week. Now we're starting to disciple, but this 25,000 were saved in way long time ago. Miracles, signs, and wonders, things that are just unheard of. We're getting the reports. If you would remember, pray for that, okay? Because it's a pure move of God. Pray that God will keep it pure, keep it, you know, set apart to him, and keep the fire burning. Because what if God moved in some little forsaken place in Africa and then it began to spread? You know, that's what we're believing. We're believing it spread into China and India, maybe even drip over here in America. It's, it's exciting what we're reading, things that we've never heard of before, like Book of Acts. So anyway, just say, God, touch Uganda. Get you a flag. It's, they got a chicken on it. I guess it's their... Their country bird, I don't know what it is. Oh, it's a roadrunner. Okay, it's not a chicken. Uganda, I'm so sorry. I did not mean that. I really didn't. 
You guys love me. You, you told me you did. It's not a chicken. It's a roadrunner. You're on the road. We're on the road in America. On the road marked with suffering. That worked out. Got out of that one. Okay, Isaiah 43. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I've redeemed you. I've called you by your name, your mind. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Just a few things, just a reminder. Number one, he created each of us for a specific design. That's why abortion is so horrible. It's to wipe out the plan before it even is birthed and made known. It's writ all of our days are written. You know, they're numbered, they're written, but, but that's why abortion is so evil. He formed us, he gave us a, a purpose. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 will work no matter what the situation on the earth. You know what Jeremiah 29, 11 is, right? For I know the plans. What if things get really hairy? What if we really go through some fires? I know the plans. I have for you. Because you know what the context of that scripture is? They didn't tell you that, did they? The context is they went into bondage. They went into captivity. And God still said, I know the plans I have for you, plans of good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. In captivity? Seriously? Seriously. And then the next thing, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Redeemed means I bought you back you know, purchased you, purchased you with the American dollar? I hope not. If you had noticed, it's going to cost you guys a lot more to go home than it did for you to get out of here. Gas is going up. You know, our flesh, we don't like it. But the American dollar is not going to save us. How about the British pound? Is that going to save you? You've been redeemed by the, the European euro. That's where you're redeemed. no. The Russian ruble, that ain't going to save you. The peso. I was thinking, you know, there used to be in the old days a French franc. I guess they did away with franc because, you know, they, they <laughs> accepted the euro. But anyway, remember, 1 Peter chapter 1. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible or perishable things, like gold or silver, Right? Or the aimless conduct re re received by the tradition of your fathers. How many of you are glad you, you weren't redeemed by the, some tradition passed down from generation? But you were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ as without spot and without what? Blemish. And he said, I've called you by name. He knows your name. Unique, individual, personality. I have no question I was named David. My dad named me David. He wanted to, but God named me David. He gave you a name too. If, if you don't like it, just ask him. Maybe you know to give you a name no one else knows. I don't know, but 
I know that he does the naming, and it has to do with our character and our calling. There's something unique about every one of us, regardless of what your name is. There's individuality. That's why they're trying to destroy individuality. Everybody comply and look like one another. No. We're called to look like him, not like you. Anyway, that's a whole different story. And then you are mine. Say, I belong to him. I belong. There used to be a song, you belong to me. You belong to him. And do you think, if you belong to him, that God can take care of the birds and the sparrows, that he doesn't have something special in mind for you? And then it's not if, verse 2, that you go through. It's when. When. And Don shared about you know, going through really what he was talking about, I believe, is this road marked with suffering, but the ultimate purposes of God being fulfilled. I believe that there are, there are many like these guys. They both, they want the claims of Christ and they want the cost regardless of the cost. They want to know what is, what is your claim on my life and what is the cost. And they've already said yes, they've already made up their mind. And then when you pass through the water and through the fire, not around it, you can't avoid it. There were things I went through, I would have, how many of you are the same way? I would have loved to have avoided some of the things I went through. Anybody? If there had been any other way, I wish I hadn't have been so stupid. do Do you guys know, you know, why could God, why didn't you knock me in the head? How do you know he didn't try? But anyway, we went through. Well, listen, we're going to go through. Though, okay, what are you going to change your Bible? Though I walk around the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Is that what that says? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus had needs to go through Samaria. You know, he couldn't go any other way. There are things that we have to go through. Job knew the end intended by the Lord. Saved, we read earlier, saved yet as through fire. Now in this text, it says fear not. Why do you think it says fear not? Because if you didn't know better, you would have a tendency to fear what you're facing. You don't think the people in Ukraine are fearful? You don't think the people in Uganda, when Idi Amin went through butchering the Christians, the pastors, they told us how there were rivers that looked like they were filled with blood because of the genocide. There are things happening in this hour. We just, not everyone is caught up to what's happening. This great evil. I mean, what the Bible must knew what was going to happen. It says, in the evil day, stand. Having done all to stand. But fear not means, though whatever comes your way, you know that you have a God who will not fail. Regardless of what comes, right? So you have to make a choice when you're faced with fear. Where do you run to? Jehoshaphat, he feared, he ran to the Lord. That's it, he just sought the Lord. 
You have some great multitude coming against you from beyond the sea. You say you're not going to fear. Jehoshaphat feared. I know you're a mighty New Testament American saint. But most of these guys in the Bible, had to, they, could, they were confronted with fears. And that's why the Lord, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. And he says in this psalm, fear not, for the Lord your God is with you. There's going to be much to fear, but there's a God. And he's already told us what's going to happen in this hour. Just ask him. Remember, he told John, John 16, and our guys know these scriptures well, but you need to go look at that. Jesus said, I've told you all these things before they come to pass so that when they happen, you will not stumble. That means you won't, your faith, you won't lose your faith, you won't fall into apostasy, you won't fall into sin, you won't become disillusioned or discouraged. The Lord told you it would come to pass. You need to read those scriptures. So, because you'll know, I've told you these things. The American church said, well, that was for that day. It's for our day. And there's fire. The fire is coming. Anyway, you don't want to stumble. You don't want to get discouraged. Though you go through, there are promises. He said, I'll be with you. The waters will not overflow you. You will not be scorched. I like that word. I like to avoid what that word means, scorched. But even if not, I will not bow. And if some burning occurs, you know there is something called the refiner's fire. What do you think he's coming for? A bride that's half-hearted, half-baked? No. A bride that's been perfected, ready. You know, mature, not perfected, but you know what I mean. Made spotless by the blood of the Lamb, our righteousness is in Him. We understand that's a whole teaching, but there still must be the refiner's fire. And the promises don't come cheap. Promises mean there's something you're facing does not look too promiseful or too hopeful, but you believe anyway. Does that make sense? This is not too promiseful. Well, that's what the promises of God are for. You know, I'm not sure how many America right now, because the last thing I want to point out is in verse, it says, I am your Savior. Verse 3, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Your Savior. I don't know. This is one of the things that, I wish I could fix it. I'm like Will Smith. I can fix this thing. The harder I try, I can. But there are many in America, they haven't got there yet. They're still looking for a political savior. Still looking. Do you think, how many of you really think our military can save us? How many of you really think a weakened and a wokened military? I said, what did I see the other day? The... Chinese, Chinese foreign ministry said, if you Americans continue to say you're going to set up some deterrent in regards to Taiwan, we will turn your military into scrap iron. You know, he meant what he said. 
And they have the, they have what, they have, they can back up what they said. We'll not be saved by a military that's woke and weak and been in every way assaulted. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. We're going to trust in the name of the Lord our God. It's the Lord of heaven, the Lord of hosts is the only savior for America in this hour. No other savior. As long as we're looking to some November election, I'm telling you it ain't gonna happen, I'm just telling you. Our savior is the Lord God Almighty. He alone is mighty to save. And I pray we get there quickly. A lot of us are already there, and that's why we're crying out to God. That's why you guys are going around from campuses. You're saying, listen, God is mighty to save. Jesus is the Savior, not the government. Thank God for all the blessings, but our blessings are in him. And I trust him all the way. He alone can save. Now, my own opinion is that God has allowed this moment in history for a lot of reasons. We read some of them. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Daniel, it's an end-time guide. But it also is a divine setup so that God can get a lot of glory. Do you not think he's going to get a lot of glory in this hour? And the whole earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, just like the waters cover the sea. So Lord, we thank you. Thank you, God. Lord, just bless each one that's here this morning. God, those that are watching, Lord, we want to be not the fathers that desert the generation while they're on fire. God, we want to do all we can, do what's for us possible, all things are possible with you, though. And so, Lord, we lean upon you. We trust in you. We will not abandon our post for the temporary pleasures of this world. But, God, I thank you. You're also preparing a people to go through the fires, just like you said everyone would go through. And yet, Lord, you're going to show yourself strong and mighty and as a great deliverer of the nations. A great and mighty God, and I give you praise, Lord. Lord, I thank you. You heard my prayer in Arkansas when I just, before I went to sleep, said, speak, Lord. Your servant's listening. And you gave me this little dream, and I didn't understand it. But, Lord, I'm asking you and believing you, you're going to do the same thing tonight for our friends, the circuit riders, and God, those who are watching online, Lord, I thank you. You're speaking clearly in this hour. You're giving us wisdom and revelation so that we can walk, be wise in this hour. Wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. And I thank you for your goodness. I want that guy playing that keyboard, if you don't mind coming back up and playing. But I want to, we've been praying for people to get saved, you know, you're going, now you guys have been doing that, and we find in that people are getting saved, so we want to give you an opportunity, if you don't know Jesus, wherever you're watching from this morning, people watch from many places, and we don't understand, 
we just accept the challenge. And we want you to know that we have a God that loves you. And he loves you so much that he saw you even while you were yet still a sinner. Christ died. And he gave his son as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice once and for all. You can do all the religious things you want. You can bow. You can give alms. You can do those things, whatever you do in your country. But Jesus is the sacrifice, the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. So you say, what must you do? First of all, believe you need God. And then you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he lived, that he died, and he rose from the dead. The Bible says if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be what? Saved. So we're going to pray. And as you play, we're just going to play, right? Pray for you and believe you're going to come to Jesus. You know, there's going to start piling into this place people looking for a Savior. I'm still looking for the day. Bobby Connor gave us a word. He said they'd be standing up around the walls. I see them in the balcony up there. They've fallen out. They can't find a place to sit. But that's eyes of faith. Anyway, I know they're going to fill this place because we're preaching the gospel. Listen, with all the bad news, you know in the midst of all the bad news, the good news is gooder. And we got the best news going. The good news is Jesus. And so anyway, I want to lead you in a prayer. So you guys pray with me. Maybe there's someone in this room, you've never met Jesus, and this is your moment, your day of salvation. But you guys, we're praying this for you. You can hear us, but you got to mean it in your heart. It's not just praying a prayer. We've, uh, we've known that's not the case. you got to mean it. We're just helping, praying with you. Say, dear God, everyone, dear God, we need you. We believe in Jesus, that he is the son of the living God, that he lived a sinless life, and he died on the cross, and he rose from the dead, and he's living at this moment. And I confess my need of a Savior, and I receive you, Jesus, into my heart. I turn from my sin. I make a change. I say no to the world and I say yes to you. And I confess you with my mouth. I confess you, Lord Jesus. And I believe in my heart that God has raised your Jesus from the dead. And I just receive you by faith. Now, Lord, I thank you. Your word says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God, I thank you. We are, it, the harvest is not next month or four months. The harvest is now. There's a harvest all over the world. And God, I say, come. Come to the Son of Man now. Come to Jesus. And I thank you. That's your invitation all over the earth. And I pray, God, do it one more time in America. Lord, these Young people, they've been shouting that call, that clarion call across the nation for a couple of months now. And I thank you, Lord, let it reverberate now. Let what they've started, let it be like a sounding, just like a great symbol. Lord, let it break out all over the land. Universities, Lord, in cities, governor's mansions, Congress, Senate, God, we pray. Thank you, Lord. It's your will that none should perish, 
none should perish, God. I remind you, that's your word. And you said where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And I'm not going to let you forget that, God. We pray for the salvation of our nation. We pray for the salvation of Ukraine, of Russia, Belarus, Georgia, all of those all those nations, all the African nations in Brazil, South America, Canada. Lord, we've read some really crazy things going on in Canada, but we declare that the glory of the Lord will cover every inch of Canada, just like the water covers the sea. We thank you the best days are yet ahead. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray this morning the fire of God would fall upon everyone that's gathered. Lord, watching by web stream, Lord. Lord, we want everything you have. Lord, we don't want you to hold back nothing. We want it all, Lord. And we're willing. I want you, I want you to stand if you're willing. Just listen. You're in, you're, here's the invitation. You're saying, Lord, I'm willing even to walk on the road marked with suffering. Though there be pain in the offering, yet blessed be the name of the Lord my God. If that's you, you stand okay. That's, 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 uh, that's who we are. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you.